Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm chatting with Cassandra Schuck. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. Cassandra is the brand and business doula, a transformational branding and business coach, empowering women to live the lives and build the dreams they are capable of. So Cassandra and I actually met in um, a mastermind we were both in last year, and she, I was actually on her podcast, Labor of Love, which is a great podcast to tune into if you are a business owner and you want some ideas there. Um, and we also chatted about her. She has actually three businesses right? Three businesses. So we chatted about each one of those and how they all came to fruition. And I think this is such a motivational thing for us to hear and see. Um, One of them was actually birthed right around the time her daughter was born. And so she has just over a year old um, daughter and her third business kind of came out of um, the need of she was having difficulties with lactation. And so she developed this cookie and then it became a business. And so sometimes we have accidental accidental businesses, and this was a great example of that. And other times it was just like the natural evolution of herself and her business. So she breaks down all of this, what to do if you feel like I have something in me, I just don't know how to get it out there, and um, tips for growing, like should I start that second business? So we go through all of that in today's podcast. It's super fun. Um, we also chat about my favorite book, Women Who Run With the Wolves at the end, because I gifted that to her last year. And so she gives you her honest opinion. So if you're curious, she talks about that at the end of the interview. All right. So without further ado, here is today's interview. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today, I'm super excited. I have Cassandra Shuck on with me. And um, I'm going to kind of throw it over to you, to Cassandra, and let you kind of introduce yourself and Tell us about your three businesses and um, a little bit about each of them, and um, we'll start there. Yeah, sure. So I am Cassandra Suck. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm a mama first. I am a wife, and I do own three slightly insane businesses. So uh, first business being Tola Marketing, and I'm a full-service marketing agency for women entrepreneurs. We're actually a global business. We serve clients from Australia to the UK, all throughout the US and Canada, and a couple in South America now, which is super exciting. And I am the owner of Milk and Cookie, which is a lactation cookie company for breastfeeding mamas. Um, We actually help them produce a higher quantity and a higher quality of milk. And what I like to say is I'm a serial entrepreneur turned business mentor. So now I actually kind of take the business mentoring, business coaching side of things and help encourage um, and lead women to actually follow their entrepreneurial dream. Oh, I love it. So your daughter is, how old is she? Like a little bit over a year? Yeah, she's just over a year. uh, She'll be 14 months in a couple of days. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when, A, have you had all three businesses before she was born or how, what was the kind of the time frame for some of that? Yeah, so it's a little bit of befuddled time frame. So um, Tola Marketing was birthed seven years ago, so that definitely predated her. Um, the cookie company actually was birthed about two months after she was born on accident. And the business coaching has always been a part of Tola Marketing. Um, I've always like 
designed a website or a logo and then like silently did business coaching. Um, but that actually got separated right around the time that she was born when I was like, oh, I actually need to step into like what's truly authentic to me. Oh, I love that. And how did you know like that was something that you were being called to? So um, the reason why I've started and been an entrepreneur and kind of in my journey and why I empower women um, honestly takes it back to the fact that I grew up in a family that said you can't or you shouldn't. Um, so, you know, women weren't supposed to be an entrepreneur. They weren't supposed to own their business. They weren't even supposed to work a lot of times. <laughs> um, yeah. That was what was projected on me. So I realized as I was like birthing my daughter, I'm like, what is, what's the next stage for me? of like, what's the next thing that I can do to create more impact and help more women who've had these same stories actually kind of birth their businesses? Oh, I love that. And the, I mean, and you work from home. So I think that's something too, that sometimes people are like, how do you, how do you manage it all? And then we just talked about this kind of before um, we hopped on, but like your daughter just went to daycare now only for a short period of time. Otherwise she's been at home with you and you're kind of doing it all at home. Yeah. So I work from literally like the, the door next to my living room, which is a little chaotic at times. Um, and for the past 14 months, she's been with me and I've kind of done the nap time hustle. So um, all these businesses have continued to grow and continued to flourish um, within two hours a day. And as of Monday, so the, today's Wednesday, so she's been in daycare literally two and a half days. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I can't imagine. Like I got so much stuff that on Monday that I finished like a whole week's worth of work. Um, so it's just a really interesting transition that I'm like, what did I do before I had kids? I'm like, I just, I couldn't imagine how much more productive I would have been. <laughs> Oh, I, that's so true. Cause once you're a mom, you're like, wow, I can get a lot done in a shorter period of time. Cause you're just, you have to, you're so focused. And I feel like everything for the past 14 months has kind of been like duct taped and like thrown away, like just thrown in different places. So I'm like uncovering like all these lists of stuff that I was going to get done and like really good ideas and like piles of receipts that needed to be sorted and, you know, checks that need to be written out and all the things. Cause I'm like now just slowly getting back into like full, quote unquote, full-time work. Oh yeah. No, I could definitely relate to that as well. Um, one of the things that we kind of, I want to chat about too, is that just that postpartum like time period, did you take any maternity leave? Cause I know it's tricky when you have your own businesses, like what does that look like? And did you give yourself time to rest and heal during that postpartum time period? So I gave myself a little bit of time. Um, so was super actually lucky that my husband had six week off, weeks off of work. Um, but mentally I was using that six weeks to actually work. Mm -hmm. So not exactly ideal. Um, he was actually doing more of the relaxing and bonding with baby and being postpartum than I was. Yeah. Um, while he was doing that, I was like, Oh, I can get 10 emails sent out or I can get whatever contracts written up or whatever the case is. Um, so actually my postpartum, I would like to say like, it didn't actually start until about six weeks later when he went to work. And then I was like, Oh, this is different. Like, what do I actually do now? Um, and it was, a, it was a, it was an interesting kind of transition because I think those six weeks while he was home, I just continued on the trajectory and kind of doing the things that like I know how to do and that I'm good at. Um, so when he left, it was, that's when it really truly hit me. Ooh. And can we talk about that? Cause I, I kind of did the same thing to myself. I was just thinking, I was like, how long did I wait before I actually saw people in-person training again, I want to say I only gave myself like six weeks before I was back training. And I, looking back, I'm like, I wouldn't do that again. Like, I just didn't realize how important it is to rest and just recoup and bond with the baby. 
So I'm saying this not as a word of advice, but I was literally sending out invoices in the hospital bed oh like the day after she was born. Oh, like this no. is something that I'm like advising like no one to do. Like do not do that. Um, oh. It's just it's not smart. And it's something that I can laugh about now, but like my laptop was in my birthing bag and I thought that was okay. Like I thought that was normal. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I can, I, I have actually had a few clients who they work for corporate and they said they did the same thing. They're like, I had my computer. I was actually working um, while I was in labor. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so crazy. And I can, I'm totally that type of person too. Like if you're a type A and you like are super organized mm -hmm. and on it, like that's just ingrained in you. And to actually take the space and give yourself that like breathing room, it's hard. And I remember vividly too, like a day after I had her and I was still in the hospital because I had a very, very long birth story, but ended up in a C-section. Um, oh. So I was supposed to be healing and we had to stay in the hospital for a couple of days. And uh, she's sleeping to my right and he's sleeping to my left. And I'm like, oh, sweet. I can get work done. Like that was where my mental track was. And I don't know if it was a coping mechanism or if it was just what I knew, or I'm still like diving deep and like journaling really about that situation because I'm like, what was I, what was I doing yeah. and why? Yeah. And I would say, um, like even the identity shift of like, mm -hmm. who am I now? Cause I'm a mom and it takes up more time than obviously anything else in our life had previously. <laughs> and I think that can be sometimes like, whoa, what do I do with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for me, I mean, you automatically kind of gravitate back towards what you know. Mm. And for me, I think there was also a certain period in that as well. Um, I had a stillborn um, about seven years ago. So there was also that identity shift that started popping in. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, like you start doubting. You're like, well, what if this isn't like really going to like, what if this isn't really happening? Like it was almost like a little bit of PTSD, which I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go turn and like create a contract because I'm good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's less, I mean, you didn't have to have any bonding and it's more, you know, more space and you're like, okay, it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have to address that. That's interesting. Yeah. There's just so many things that kind of evolve and change, you know, as, as you become a mom, you're like, whoa, so many emotions. And I think I did the same when like my son was little. Cause I just remember we had a nanny for, I think the first year I want to say, mm -hmm. or at least the first nine months consistently. And I just was like, yay. Okay. She's home. I'm just going to go sit in the gazebo and just like work. And I'm like, wow, I just, I just didn't have that bonding. Or I just didn't like, I didn't want to get close to this person. Cause I, I just was so like in my old self still. And it took me a while. And like, now I can never, you know, imagine my life without him, but it's just so crazy how we just, you know, have those just coping skills of being like, okay, I want the old self back. I love mm -hmm. this being, but I liked that old person. And how do I make that shift? And then it's going to sound funny too, but like when she started daycare this week, my husband's like, well, do you miss her? And I'm like, yes, but <laughs> like, I feel guilty too about being like, yes, I miss her terribly. Like I'm constantly checking the little like camera, you know, that's at the daycare to see if she's on camera. But I'm like, but I'm like, I got, you know, 37 things done. Yep. So I'm trying to figure out the balance of that, of like really being whatever I do in whatever business or whatever, you know, relationship or family or whatever, I try to be truly fully present. Mm, and I feel like great advice. part of my heart is literally at the daycare that's five minutes down the road now. And then part of it's, you know, obviously at my desk behind my computer. So I'm trying to figure out like the best balance to that. And I don't know if there truly ever is an ideal balance. 
No. I mean, I think that that's the struggle for so many is just like, you know, what does that look like? And being okay with whatever shape it takes and knowing that what works for you might not work for someone else listening, but that's okay. And like, that's where sometimes the judgment of like, just like feeling that judgment of others and just knowing Mm -hmm. like, it's okay. Everything works, you know, for each of us individually. And that that's where it can be. And we don't have to like have that mom judgment of like, oh, but they should be doing this. Where I sometimes, I haven't felt it only just because my son's still at home. So I don't really interact with a lot of other moms besides my clients and we're all cool. So like, that's just where like that whole sphere, but I hear about it from other friends and she's like, oh gosh, it gets, as they get older, you just get more thrown into that. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't have to be that way though. Yeah. And I think for me, honestly, as I'm like looking at what other, you know, really high powered entrepreneurs are doing Mm -hmm. who happen to have kids, everyone is so different. And you start to like be on a track and a mindset of like, oh, well, they're doing it this way. So it must be right. Mm -hmm. Or like homeschooling and it must be right. Or, you know, her kids are at daycare full time. So it must be right. So I'm really trying to be intentional and tune in with like, what is it that I want? Yeah, And like daycare for me full time, like, I can tell you right now, it's not going to last till March. Like it's lucky if it lasts a month and a half, (laughs) but it's, you know, giving that space to create something that's more scalable and that's evergreen and that can be constantly sold. So I can sit on the floor and play with blocks or, you know, color. Yes. Yeah. I mean that, that is huge. And I think that's where it's harder now, I think, to turn on blinders because of Mm -hmm. the age of social media, because it's so easy to pop up and see, oh, this person this is what they're doing. And then we start to doubt ourselves because we see so many different examples and we lose track of what is actually is right for our children. Exactly. No. And it's so true. And like for us, we're trying to do this to, we know our businesses to scale just a little bit more uh, because my husband's going to retire. He's going to come home. In which case the ball game completely changes. I mean, we go like, we're not even comparing like soccer to soccer anymore. We're like comparing soccer to like, I don't know, air hockey, like something crazy. (laughs) So like if for us, it's like one of, it's our messy middle. Like it's not ideal. It's not where we want to be, but like we see the trajectory of where it's going and it's going to get us where we want to be faster. Oh, I love that. And I love the description of the messy middle. Cause I think that's, it is not always looking perfect. And I think you described it, how many people might be thinking, Oh, I am in the messy middle right now. It's not always going to be like this and we can work through it. So I love that. And I mean, if you were on video, if like, if this was, you know, video, you guys could see the messy middle that is my house as well. (laughs) Because there's also things that you have to prioritize when you have babies in a business too. You're like, okay, I could, you know, completely clean this and fix all these things up. Or I could spend 20 more minutes with my daughter before she goes to bed. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say Diana wins. Like she definitely wins versus, you know, mopping my floor for the umbiumph time because there's hundreds of Cheerios. Oh yes. See, that's where my dog comes in handy there. So he just scoops up anything there. Or my cat actually as well. <laughs> I know I thought of that too, but I really can't be responsible for another living being right now. You know, that's what I told my husband. I was like, okay, this is your dog. He gets you have to take him out for walks. Doesn't always do that, but I'm like, I'll take him out for a walk then. <laughs> he so he's I, eating a good amount of food off the floor. I'll take him for a walk. He's earned yes. it. Yes, that or like my cat just stole my son's chicken off his plate for dinner yesterday. And I was like, like, oh man, it's always like, they're just something, always something. Off of his, off of his plate is impressive. I know the cat, he is a sneaky little one because I raised him since four weeks old. So he just thinks he's like part human and like, I'm like, just no boundaries. 
no boundaries. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, so let's kind of chat about some business tips. So people are listening, mm-hmm. they're like, wow, she is, you know, really doing this with three businesses, a young child. You know, if someone's kind of looking like, where do I even start? Like, how did you come up with the ideas for your businesses? Or if someone's kind of thinking, like, what is the first step I should take? Okay. Whoa, that's a loaded answer. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of just trying it out. Um, if something sparks in my head, I will be the first one to just try it out. And this really came from, um, when I was in college, it was literally my freshman year. I had an entrepreneur professor say the only difference between a successful entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur and an unsuccessful one is about 24 different businesses. So I always held this in my head. I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm not at 24 businesses yet. Like this one doesn't have to be a hit. But I was always one to like, just try things out. So like I've had businesses, I've had a subscription box that I literally had one client. Um, he was actually in Minnesota. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. But it was shout out to William Space if you're listening to the Peaceful Power <laughs> podcast. But I had one client for six months and it never took off. And it like, we spent so much money on that business because we thought it would be good. What and was I've the box? A, it was gluten-free food box. Okay. So. Um, it, it was essentially before gluten-free food was on every shelf at like Walmart and the things, and you had to like really hunt for it. Yeah. Cause I was like, um, that had, sounds like a good idea. Oh, everyone's like, it sounds like a great idea. Like yeah. I'm so interested. And I'm like, then just please buy because I'm building <laughs> like I'm doing custom boxes for one person. Oh man. Um, so like for me, it's just always just trying it out to see if it sticks because you never know the crazy idea that like, will it stick or won't it stick? Like for the cookie company, um, we literally started and we baked them for myself personally. And I had baked them for clients um, that had babies. But then I started giving them to other mamas who were like, just, just had babies and were trying to breastfeed. And that kind of spiraled out to like, oh, well, how can I buy those? Oh, well, how can I send those to a friend? Oh, do you have a gift card? Oh, the, whatever the case is. Like, you know, 30 questions later, I'm like, oh yeah, we can do that. We'll test that out. Oh, do you have a subscription box? I'm like, oh yeah, we have one here. It'll be on the website on Friday. <laughs> It's just kind of always testing and always innovating and just be willing to try something to see if there's like any sort of, you know, feedback. Yeah. No, I like that. And I mean, like, it sounds like your cookie business was kind of like born on accident almost too. It was literally born for me. Um, I had issues breastfeeding. So I was on like the ideal breastfeeding diet, like where I would eat like salmon and spinach and walnuts and, you know, like all of the things that they say are going to help with lactation. Yeah. And I was like, you know, there has got to be a different way. So I tried the lactation bar and cookie route and they would just taste it awful. And you'd have to like slather them with almond butter to like get them to be palatable. <laughs> um, I was like, you know what? My husband's into food. He's, he went to school um, for food science I was a doula previously. I was like, I've done birth attending. I know what helps with lactation. I'm like, let's see if we can't make something a little bit better, like even just 10% better. I love it. Well, that's perfect. That's like a perfect pairing too. So you've got both sides of it. Yeah. Um, so constantly trying to innovate and think of something, something better or something new. That's, yeah, that's awesome. And that's, I'm like, I don't even know. Mine wasn't really an accident. Mine was definitely on purpose, my training business when I first started, but it's kind of, it's definitely evolved from there. And I would say it's not on accidents, but it's evolved as you evolve. And I think that so many things happen with our businesses. As we evolve, we get different interests and then our business kind of, you know, takes a different shape. 
Have you found that to be true for you? Yeah. I mean, a good example is the marketing company. So that started, um, I was working in corporate, I was working in marketing and I was a yoga teacher Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to help yoga studios, like grow their business and create a website and create systems and workflows. Um, so the first iteration of that business is literally just for yoga studios. And then it transferred to, well, I have, it was, you'd be talking to a yoga studio or yoga manager and they'd be like, well, you know, I have a friend who's a Reiki master or a naturopathic doctor or a massage therapist or whatever the case is, which kind of spiraled into like the whole, um, like living life conscious kind of awareness group, so to speak. And then it transferred into like, oh, well, my sister is a, lo- is a lawyer and she needs a website. And, you know, my cousin owns a winery and he needs a website. So it just transferred into kind of now what it is, is all women entrepreneurs. Um, I like to say looking to leave their mark in the digital space. But it really started with very, very small niche of like, I'm going to help yoga studios because I, that's where I want to be. Ooh, I have a question then along that. Do you think it's better to start out like having a defined customer and then you kind of grew and could help so many different people? Because I think sometimes we get confused of like, well, who am I serving? I serve everyone. Like I hear a lot of people say that I serve, I can help anyone. What do you think on that regard? Should people start small and have like a certain, you know, person they're trying to serve or say, hey, I can help anyone? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I really think it's a case by case. to be honest with you with the agency I could have I owned an agency that served everyone beforehand um way back in the day I was a partner at an agency and we served I mean very very large companies but it was everyone and their brother essentially um so for me I wanted something niched but that was the first experience I had with like really truly niching down okay um and I think from my experience of like what I've worked with clients you can niche down too far very quickly So it's finding kind of that sweet in the middle spot. And I know that's kind of like a roundabout answer to your question, (laughs) but like, I mean, I kind of, I I feel that it needs to be niched down to a certain perspective, but you can't be like, I want her to be 22 and I want her to have $120,000 in the bank account. And I want her to drive a white M3 BMW. (laughs) Like that's probably too niche. You're going to have to scale that out to like women in their twenties. Yeah. Who makes six figures like that? That would be a better niche for you versus that granular and that specific, which I have seen. Ma'am. Yeah. Yes. That, that's something that I, cause I think when I first started, I just did women just in general for my training business. And, um, only because I started just in-person personal training and I was like, I'm not going into a man's home that I don't know. Um, and that's kind of how, that's how it started. And then I've totally niched down from there. And I really just focus on, you know, moms are primarily, you know, who I work with and I specialize in the pre-postnatal time period, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the, it evolved again as my, myself and my business, you both evolved kind of together. So I think that's something else to kind of, if anyone's listening, they're like, oh, okay, that could be a good way to start is maybe start broad, but kind of have it not like so broad where you're like, I serve everyone, you know, like just pick a gender or pick a... Um, I don't know, depending on what type of business, I guess, like an industry, like I serve these people and then you can kind of go from there. Yeah. And I think for you too, when you started your training, you weren't pre postnatal, were you? No, that one one was an accident. So that was because one of my very first clients was pregnant. And my, I remember telling my mom like, Oh yeah, I have a client who's pregnant. She's like, and I was 22 and she's like, Mm -hmm. you know what you're doing? I'm like, 
God, I'm just train them. And she was like, oh my God, it's a baby. And like, didn't even dawn on me that like, there's going to be someone growing inside of her. Like just didn't, you know, at 22, I'm like, oh, so I started researching back then. I'm like, okay, I got to like know what I'm doing. And then that, I didn't initially want any more moms after I kind of learned that. But then now after becoming a mom, I'm like, holy moly, like this is an un- underserved, definitely an underserved area um, in fitness and wellness. And especially in the postnatal time period for workouts. And that's kind of where it's really shifted. And that's where I'm super passionate about now. And I think what's actually more important than knowing your exact niche is knowing who you do not want to work with. Yes. Like for you, it was men and going into men's houses. Like for me, the reason why I actually started with women, um, so knowing who you don't want to work with, like you knowing that you didn't want to go into men's houses. Me, like I knew I wanted to work with people who knew what they wanted in their business because my experience worth working with men in a creative space, I'd show them like two fonts, like one script and one like really bold print. And I'd be like, which one do you like? And they'd be like, I don't see a difference. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this isn't working from a creative standpoint. Like I need a little bit more feedback. Like yeah. I'd show them like four colors of green and they'd be like, yeah, just pick one. Meanwhile, I show my women green and they're like, mm, it's a little bit too like cyan. I need it more on like the celery side. <laughs> And I'm like, thank you. You speak my language. I get you, girl. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, I did that when I, I don't know how many years ago. It was with my website. I remember being like, oh no, like a Tiffany blue. And she's like, oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know what to do with that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I literally have my paint, my paint wheel of like colors for um, like Sherwin-Williams call it paint colors. That's awesome. And- literally go to someone and be like, which color green? Like there are 7,000, like, please pick, or just pick four that you like in the roundabout area. Aww, so my yeah. women, uh, my women entrepreneurs tend to really have a vision set in their head and they know what they want and they know what's going to get them there. So yeah. that just really was the, the best place for me to like ex- take their vision and then ex- help them execute it. Yes. So what about for women who maybe like have a business or maybe they have a business and like half of another one or something kind of percolating in the background. When do you tell people like, Hey, now's a great time to expand your business or, you know, start a second business. Like how did you know it was the right time to have more than one business? For me, I feel like there's a natural kind of period where you're doing the other business, quote unquote, the other business that you said you wanted to do under the name of first business. Mm-hmm. Um, the cookie company obviously was completely birthed out of something else, but like for the coaching, I had always sat there and I'm like, cool, like, let's talk, we're doing a website. So I'm like, well, let's talk about your services. Like, and then it'd be like, where else can you serve? What else can you do? How else can you make money? Can we do, you know, something evergreen? Can we do a PDF? Like, can we do an ebook? Um, so I was always doing it like underneath the brand of website design. And now when I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness, I was giving them like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of like tips and tricks. Like while designing their website, um, which is fine, but I realized that it really needed to be separate because like not everyone who's looking for implementation, especially with me, is looking for strategy and vice versa. So like there are some people who just really want the the coach and the strategist behind the business and they don't want you to like build their website and create their logo. Um, So for me, it was just birthed out of doing two things simultaneously. Ooh, can we talk about that with the coaching and um, just the distinguishing, you know, kind of differences between maybe your coaching and um, like other coaching out there? Because I've had different experiences, you know, in the past few years of um, 
you know, like more internal work and work on yourself versus like, here's structures, here's how you plan it. And maybe if someone's trying to decide like, which one should I go with? Because I think I did not know that there was a difference until I experienced a couple of different styles and you're like, oh, okay, not all coaching is the same. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So there is definitely the difference between a mindset coach and a strategist. Yeah, and that's, that's kind I'm of where for. I see business coaching being done. Like, so for me, I actually struggle with being called a business coach still to this day because I'm like, my experience with business coaches, they've been on the more of the mindset side, which has been great. And it's helped me kind of get through a lot of stuff. But I'm like, I am a strategist. So I'm the one who's like, we'll roll up her sleeves and like, be like, oh, this piece of your business isn't working or let's retool this and we can make, you know, an extra $20,000. So for me, I'm more of the strategy kind of get in the weeds with you. Like if you're looking for me for, if you were looking to like figure out if you're worthy of starting a business or if you, you know, are really trying to get in touch with like, you know, where your limiting beliefs are coming from. I will spend five minutes on that versus someone who will spend, you know, five months on that. Yeah. A lot of my women come with a preconceived notion that they're already worthy and the, this business is always going to, is, is already going to make multi-millions of dollars. And they already have that mindset kind of shifted. That makes sense. So, I feel so like you're kind of like the, after you're going, you get people who have probably been in business and they're like, I just need some like framework around how to take this to the next level you would be the person to see. Yeah. So the most part, for the most part, the people who I work with tend to have a business for one to three years and make anywhere from 20 to $40,000 and don't know how to make more than that. Mm. So there is a little bit of like self-doubt and limiting belief behind like that. Oh, well, I can only make 30 or $40,000 versus making, you know, 300 or $400,000. But they're, they've gotten over a lot of kind of those, those limiting beliefs previously. And then it's actually taking something that's already making some money and scaling it and growing it and really exploiting those ideas. Perfect. So if people are like, I want to, I want to work with Cassandra, where can they connect with you at? Where's the best place for that? Um, so honestly, CassandraShuck.com is my, my digital space, my digital home. And that's for really the coaching side. Um, and then there's a podcast over there too called Labor of Love. And that's the only place that I will say that we actually tap into a little bit of mindset work, um, which Andrea's episode was up a, a couple of weeks ago. You guys will have to listen to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's great. And you have a lot of business owners and women business owners on your podcast. Yes. Yeah, so I would say right now, actually, I think I've only ever had business owners. Yeah. So if you're yeah. kind of, you yeah, know, thinking just, about, you know, business or you're kind of in that beginning stages, it might be a great um, place to kind of start and be like, okay, that's a cool idea. And just kind of hear what other women are up, up to in the world. And it's funny because on that show, that's a hundred percent mindset. And we talk very, very lightly strategy, yeah. but it's, for, for me, for that business, for that podcast, so to speak, we talk about birthing a business out of some sort of limiting belief that they've had or some sort of experience. So we have women who have gone through addiction, women who have gone through abuse, women who have gone through um, all sorts of stuff, and they've birthed something beautiful out of that. And they've used, again, kind of curling it back to that messy middle to birth something big. Ooh, I love it. I love it. That's a good take yes. on too. Yes. Um, <laughs> Also, super important question. Have you read Women Who Run With the Wolves yet? Oh, um, I have not finished it. You've started uh, it? I think I'm on, 
I have started. I think I'm on page, I don't know, I'm looking at the, it's literally on my bookshelf. I'm looking at it right now. I'm probably about a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Um, it start, I'm, I'm going to say it out loud. It starts off really slow, but it starts to get good. That's my thoughts exactly. Because when I started, I was like, oh, but once you're probably about right where you are, then you're, it's really, it really goes there. So I'd say for the first 50 or 60 pages, I'm like, what is Andrea having me read? I'm like, this is awful. Um, but then I was like, and then I got to like one part. I'm like, oh, I'm really starting to like this. This is cool. So I, I gifted that to her. So people are like, what? Cause I've had a, I did a podcast episode about that book and it's still my most downloaded episode ever on the podcast. And um, like, I've had so many people like reach out about that book and I just, I highly recommend it. If anyone is listening and they still haven't read it or picked it up, um, it's at your local library as well. And it's a, it's a big book. I mean, it's like 500 pages and I'm about ready to start reading it again. Cause it's so good. Just know that y'all have to get through the first 50 to 70 pages and then it gets really good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I have, I, like clause- I was going to say, I like putting clauses on stuff like that. Cause there's sometimes where I'll pick up books that people recommend and I'm like, what are they doing? And I'll read the whole book and it like never got good. Um, or like, I didn't get what they got out of it. I will say. I've had so that. There's like a little asterisk. I'm like, please read past 60 page 60. Like, <laughs> I've had that where I'm like, someone's like loves it. And it was like a pivotal life-changing book. And I'm like, oh, it was okay. But I'm like, it's also like, where are you at in your life? And if you're not quite at that same point that they were when they read it, then it might hit and land a little differently. So that's why I like to kind of throw it out there. But I find this book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, so far everyone's like, oh yeah, like it's, it's good. And it's it is good. long, yeah. it's from 93, I think. So it's, it's an old classic book. So once I finish it we'll have a conversation about that yes yes like a breakdown that's what i should do a part two of women who run with the wolves that would uh, be so much so i have one final question for you cassandra and i have i always finish with a weekly challenge and when i have guests on i have you throw out a weekly challenge to all the listeners so what would you like that weekly challenge to be this week Ooh. one of the things that i'm doing for 2019 is um honestly writing down what I'm grateful for and my gratitude for the day. Um, and so far I've done it every day. I mean, it's day 16. I literally have written 15 of these and it's really just started to change the perspective and of like little things that we take for granted or little things that we kind of rush through the day. So like today, I just really, really, my, my gratitude honestly was probably my quiet cup of tea. I got to sit there. Um, I got to talk to a friend um, for the, the later part of the cup, but um, it was honestly just sitting there and having that quiet time with myself to truly kind of think about what's next for me in the next stage of life. So I would say challenge is creating a little bit of a gratitude and thankfulness journal for the next week. Mm, I love that. And then it opened doors to thinking about what's next. Love it. Yes. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Cassandra. It's been such a pleasure having you on and you sharing your wisdom and your story with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. And everyone, go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power Podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. 
And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.